0: Welcome to the Faith Mamas Podcast. I'm Dominique. I'm Ryan. And I'm Janice. We're just three mamas who love God. We're not perfect, and we messed up a lot. But we have been called to a mighty work, motherhood. We're on this journey with you. Yes, it gets messy. There are days you might cry, but we're here to remind you, you are not alone. We're in this together. Faith Mamas is a place where we can connect laugh, and even cry together.
1: It's a beautiful community. Motherhood brought us together. Christ holds
0: us together. Welcome to the Faith Mamas Podcast. This podcast has been made possible by the generous support of listeners just like you. Become a Faith Mama sponsor and join us in spreading the message of hope, healing, and deliverance to moms across the world by visiting www.faithmamas.com slash sponsor. Hello, Faith Mamas, and welcome back to another episode of the Faith Mamas Podcast. We're so excited that you've tuned in with us this week, and we have got another great topic that we'll be covering today with a very special guest, Dr. Barbara, who Dominique will introduce a little later on in the show. Um, But right now I'm going to kick it over to my sister Janice and she's going to give us a little information on the Bible study toolkit. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ryan. So Faith Mamas, if you have not already heard, uh, we have we're starting in our second month. That's right, February marks our second month of our Bible study toolkit. This month we're talking about surrender. Let me just tell you, we've only been through one week and it has already been absolutely phenomenal. Um, so excited. It's not too late, not too late to join in. So someone may be thinking, Oh my gosh, I'm a week behind. It does not matter. If you have not had a chance to join in on our Bible study reading, Please know that it's not too late, and you can go out to www.faithmamas.com slash Bible Study Toolkit. Download the toolkit there, and you can jump right on in. We have tons of support in the Faith Mama Virtual Village. There are, like, sheets for you to reflect and journal and answer questions, and you even get a chance to get into a Bible study virtual group. So awesome. So much support. Ladies, we are getting free from the Word of God. Please feel free to join us. woo
1: Well, I'm excited, you guys. I'm excited about the Bible study toolkits. I'm excited that we are here on this podcast, and I am excited that Dr. Barbara Lowe is here with us today. Hello,
2: Dr. Barbara. How are you today? Well, I am very excited to be here with you and all the Faith Mama tribe. We are excited to have you, and Faith Mamas, let me just tell you, I took
1: a peek at some of the notes from today and I think I started tearing up myself so I am so excited about this talk and about how dr. Barbara is going to stretch us and she's going to grow us and before she gets to it let me just tell you a little bit about her so dr. Barbara Lowe is a licensed psychologist who founded and owns her own practice in Durham North Carolina it's Greenleaf psychological and support services she is also a board-certified life coach somatic experiencing practitioner, speaker, author, and lay minister. She is a wife, mother, and stepmother, and has used her training and also the wounds of her past to minister professionally, personally, to women for many years. Dr. Barbara has created the Heart's Returning Home Faith Plus Therapy Method for overcoming difficult childhood experiences and messages to help women move from where's the life I dreamed of to real soul satisfaction and kick-butt success in life. She offers blogs, blogs, podcasts, courses, intensives, and retreats at drbarbaralow.com in order to move women into, finally, here is the life I dreamed of. And today, she is going to be talking with us about hope for the dark side of motherhood. If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. I'm really pumped. I know you're tired of hearing me, so I'm going to throw it over (laughs) to Dr. Barbara, and I'm excited. I have my pen and paper ready to take notes. I hope you do too. So, Dr. Barbara, take it away.
2: Well, I'm so excited to be here and to talk about the dark side or the hope for the dark side of motherhood. You know, when I say that, it does beg a reaction because to even think that there's a dark side of motherhood or to admit it is difficult, right? Because we want to see motherhood in a different way. So I, like many of you, dreamt of being a mother, uh, I would say from about 19 on, I became a when I was 19. And after growing up in a very household where my main abuser was my mother, I think something innately in me that just wanted a really good redo. I wanted to be a mom, a phenomenal mom and have this amazing connection with my kids. You know, when we, when we look in the mirror, everything out our body is shaped like we're going to be a mom. Really? I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but I know our husbands probably see us in a different way when they see us without clothes on. But really, if you look at the general shape of the body, we are shaped to be a mother. It's written in our DNA. And I know that many people, maybe some people choose to not be a mom or believe that they're not called to be a mom. And that's fine. I'm not saying that there aren't those paths. But for many of us, being a mother feels like the biggest calling in our life bigger than career. It's, it's primal. And so we know the Bible says that children are a blessing and, and they are And Psalm seven three says the, the fruit of our womb is reward. But sometimes motherhood is not as easy as we had hoped. And I think it's time that we start talking about it because when we isolate and when we don't talk about it, is when we can get into judgment and criticism of each other, and and it doesn't offer opportunity for us to connect and heal because there's so much healing in connection. So today I'm speaking to the woman who has found herself in any of these circumstances. Have you had a miscarriage? you birthed a stillborn? Have you endured the death of a child? Do you mother a chronically ill child? Have you discovered that one of your children has a life-altering disability? And I've raised children with disabilities, so I know the joy of children with disability, but there is an acceptance and a That we go through with that. Have you struggled with infertility? Have you had a traumatic birth process? Have you experienced postpartum depression? Have you been disillusioned by the pre or post adoption process? You experienced isolation that turns into depression over time. Have you found that your own history with your own mom now handicaps and challenges your mothering? Have you discovered that connecting to a particular child is keenly difficult due to personality differences? Have you lost connection with one of your children due to circumstances that are out of your control, such as divorce, which causes shared custody time, or your child's poor choices, or something else. I think when we go over this list, we find that we, many of us find ourselves on this list. Some of us, many times. And so here we must acknowledge the reality that motherhood is sometimes much more difficult than what we had hoped for. And I get to tell you that you're not alone, and that it's okay, and that we, as faith mamas, share this side of motherhood, as well as all the good and blessed side. You know, when I look at Instagram, even close friends, it's as if their life, their feed, their life has no problems. Yet I know the backstory of some of those women, and we need to be careful to not compare our Extern, our internal life to the external presentation of others, because if we the surface, there are many struggles that many of us face. Dark side of motherhood is not commonly acknowledged, but it's incredibly important for us to light light on, talk about, and support each other through. So many of us have stories, and as a psychologist, I sit off from woman after woman after woman with a story. I, too, have my own story. So as I shared with you earlier, I desperately wanted to be a mother and wanted to be a good mother. I was studying on how to be a mother before I even became a mother. When I did, uh, when my husband and I did start trying to have kids, I had a miscarriage. And then nine months later, I was pregnant. So here we see, you know, I was a woman of faith, but faith doesn't mean it's all pain. And I do want to say that I think we need to talk more about miscarriage. I know that we often don't want to share with anyone until we're maybe 12, months, 12 weeks along because we're afraid that something bad might happen possibly. But I think what ends up happening is that a lot of women I talk to have no idea how prevalent miscarriage is. And it is fairly prevalent. and. I think that we at least needed enough people when we're early in a pregnancy to get the support that we would need if something were to happen. So I, anyway, I went through, I had my first, I had a miscarriage at three months and then it took me a long time to get pregnant and I got pregnant nine months after that. So it felt like by the time I had that first child, it really did feel like I was pregnant for two years. <laughs> um, but I had my first child and that was honestly one of the best years of my life, that was wonderful. I know a lot of women struggle with depression. I did not with this child. And then about two years later, I had my second child. I had two beautiful boys. And a few years later, I was pregnant again, and I I found out that that child was going to have Down syndrome we We ended up needing to get some testing done, and we found out that uh, Michael with his name was going to have Down syndrome, but he was very much wanted. I was already raising a stepdaughter with syndrome and already was very much in love with someone with syndrome, so the pregnancy went along and and things seemed to be going pretty well and One night, I was out with my husband at uh, Red Robin restaurant, and no offense to Red Robin, but I now do not like Red Robin, because as I sat there, I began to realize that I wasn't having the fetal kicks that I normally had, and I couldn't tell as I shifted around if the baby was just kind of moving in fluid or if there were kicks, and I said, if this continues, I'm going to go into the hospital, and I read a devotional that evening, and the devotional, in my utmost for its highest, but the devotional was about a man who was a physician, and his son went away to war. And the son was away to war, the man served soldiers, and he would do it for free because his son was at war. And then he got a message that his son had died, and he became bitter. He stopped serving those soldiers. Well, shortly thereafter, he got a letter from his son. Apparently, the letter had been written and mailed before his son died. And he said, Dad, I appreciate everything that you're doing in serving soldiers, and I hope that you continue to serve them as unto me. And so the father began to serve again. So I after I done with that devotional, it really stuck out stood out to me, but I wasn't sure why. And I went into the doctor and they sat me down like, oh poor you know, it felt like poor little uh worried mom with her little ultrasound here. And I remember the look of horror on the technician's face when she was scrambling to find a heartbeat. 36 weeks pregnant, and so I was pretty much full term. Well, as it turned out, Michael had passed away, and I had to birth Michael, and that was one of the hardest things that I've gone through. just remember not wanting to be in my skin, not wanting to be in that room. There's this feeling of, is there anything I can do to undo this and to make this right? But there was nothing I could do. And so I had to say goodbye, Michael, and there these are this is one of those where you can ask why, but there's good reason why. But I can tell you that I truly believe Michael is with the Lord and Michael has served his purpose on earth, even though his purpose was only in utero. Now, as I share about Michael and I share what Michael has done in my life, Michael is serving us even now. So, even at the funeral, Michael was beginning to minister healing people. Many people came up to me at his graveside funeral in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. So, he is a tar heel, but many came up to me and said, I'm so glad you did this because I had a stillborn too and never told anyone, or I had a late miscarriage too and never told anyone and never really dealt with it. And so that was the beginning of Michael's mystery. I have to share with you, the last time I gave talk was several months ago when Hurricane Michael was coming through literally outside the doors of where I was talking. And that morning I had read scripture that, he who, she who believes in me, out of her flow rivers of living water. And when I looked up that word, rivers, it literally means torrents. So here's what I believe: even as torrents were were forming outside of where I was speaking to a group of mothers, a Holy Ghost, a holy torrent of living water was coming out of me, where Michael had become ministry. So I want to tell you that no matter what you're going through, whatever dark side that you are going through, that God can turn it into a beautiful place where rivers of living water will flow out of. Jesus himself had to touch death. It wasn't by faith. I'm dying. But he really went down in smoke and ashes like the mythical phoenix the mythical phoenix is a bird that goes away gets burnt out and goes in smoke and ashes and flames a real death but the mythical phoenix and this myth goes all the way back into israelite culture and, and back with many many cultures i think god put it there for us to learn from The mythical phoenix is this bird that goes down, dies in smoke and ashes, and then looks to the sun, the S-U-N, and is resurrected. And from its tears, anyone can receive healing. And its talons are heavy enough, are strong enough to carry elephants. I want to say to you, listening, that you are the phoenix. As you let yourself through this process of this dark side of mud or of whatever you're going through, and you come out the other side better rather than trusting the Lord, many will be healed from your tears and many will be able to rest in your strength because of the work that God will do in you. Well, how do we how do we handle these hurts? I'm going to use the acronym Mother to give you some strategy for healing these hurts. I'm going to go through this quick, but I do want to say that I believe our hosts are going to offer a first I have for you guys, where I go over this a little bit more. M stands for meaning. When we go through a difficult time, we m- Grapple with it to find meaning. And sometimes that meaning, just like wrestling with God, is a, is a fundamental character change. It is a holding on to God in struggle to the point where he must change your name, your very character in essence, to be more like him and to bring you into your calling. Because Jacob's named change brought into his calling. For me, Michael became healing to others, and he expanded my capacity. And that's part of the meaning I found in Michael's death. O stands for others. We need to connect with safe others. We are not meant to carry our burdens alone, Galatians 6.2. We need to find safe others who will support us, who can show compassion, who are boundaries, truthful, consistent, good communicators, forgiving, and self-aware. So these are some of the discussions of safe people. Now, no one's perfectly safe, but we need to connect with safe people, and we ourselves need to work to be safe people. We also need to connect to God. I don't know if you're familiar with the story of Mephibosheth, but it's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. After Saul died, King David said, is there anyone left of Saul's house that I can be good to for Jonathan's sake? Now, Jonathan was Saul's son, and David and Jonathan were very close. Well, they said yes, Mephibosheth. So David went down to get Mephibosheth, who lived in a place called Lodi Bar. Mephibosheth had been dropped when he was a, a young one when it, when Saul died, and he was lame in both feet. When David got there, Mephibosheth said, "What would you do with a dead dog like me?" He had a very poor con- self-concept from everything he'd been through, and David said. You shall eat in the king's house the rest of the day of your life. And the scripture says he got back all his fields and everything that Saul had owned was restored to Mephibosheth. And it says he ate at the king's table all the days of his life, even though he was lame in both feet. Well, here's how that ties to your connection with God God wants you to eat at his table. Every part of you, even the part of you that's lame in both feet, the weak parts of you, the angry parts of you, God is not mad at you. He's seeking, and He's seeking all parts of you. You think about the woman who had nine, had a hundred coins, and lost one of them. Ninety-nine wasn't enough. She had to find the last one, and God is saying. I want every part of you at the table of healing, connection with me. Even that part you're trying to suppress, that part you won't show anyone and that seems lost. I want to connect with that part. T stands for talk. We need to talk about it. We need to talk about our hard experiences and we need to provide for each other non judgmental acceptance. H stands for honesty. To be honest with ourselves and with others. We talked earlier about the Phoenix and we talked about Jesus. It was a real death. It was really painful. And we need to be honest about it. Then we can experience the resurrection power together. E stands for expectation. We are to put our in God and find his goodness and see his goodness daily. God really is good all the time, even when we don't understand it. And when we are having those hard days, sometimes we need to create goodness in our lives by just doing something fun. And lastly, R stands for REFER. We need to know when to refer ourselves or or another person for professional help. There is so much good help out there. I'd like to say if it's affecting daily functioning in an ongoing way, it's probably beyond everyday help or, you know, pastoral care help or um, group leader help. It's probably something that needs professional help. I want to end with a song lyric by Sean McDonald. You will all be glad I'm not singing it because I don't have that gift. (laughs) The song Rise, and this I say prophetically over you. Yes, I will rise. Actually, I'm going to change this to you. Yes, you will rise. Out of these ashes, rise. From this trouble you have found and this rubble on the ground, you will rise. Because he who is in you is greater than you will ever be and you will rise.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in to part one with Dr. Barbara. Tune in next week as we dig into some questions and get even deeper into the hope for the dark side of motherhood.